everything that is to do with my business, it's we can call it recently, but I've changed so much in the last two and a half years, just like figuring out being an entrepreneur and going from one mindset to the other. So like just understanding there's more to life than like a steady paycheck, your work, all these things. There's a million different ways to make money. You have to be adaptable. You have to care about things less than others. So like, I'm just learning what more that I like is not important and what really is. Podcast Junkies, episode 325. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. If you are new to this show, it's the one where we search out interesting voices in podcasting, get them to kick back their heels and talk about their shows and more importantly, whatever else is on their mind, what are they feeling? What are they going through in life? What's happening for them that resonates on a personal level? That's the stuff that makes me happy. And if you are a regular listener, I always roll out the welcome mat for you. I'm really happy that you keep coming back week in and week out. Sometimes you'll miss an episode. Sometimes you'll miss several episodes or months or years, but I keep getting feedback from folks that are popping in and out of the show. And I appreciate all listeners far and wide. In case you missed last week's episode, we had a return visit from Tina Dietz. She's a great friend, high energy, and it's always a good time when she's on the show. We talked about slowing down and appreciating life, connecting through shared experiences and resonance, audiobooks and podcasts, which are her specialty. What are some important topics that are making an impact in the world of publishing? Some writing and podcasting challenges and considerations, and some things you may not have known about Tina herself. So that's a fun conversation that's gotten a lot of buzz from our podcasting peeps on socials as well. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome Matt Shields. He's the co-founder of Chime House Media. His journey from the corporate world to entrepreneurship is nothing short of inspiring, and it illustrates how a shifted mindset can transform your career path. Throughout the episode, he candidly shares his experiences of managing a million-dollar Facebook ad budget and highlights the changes that the recent Apple iOS update has introduced. If you're keen to learn about how to build a brand and how to grow your show on podcasting, then this episode with Matt is bound to be very, very insightful. We talk about an overlooked concept of podcast audience building, and we unravel some of the key social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram and the roles they play in reaching your audience. Matt emphasizes the necessity of a robust messaging system and the power of host-read ads in building trust with listeners, which is something I talk about a lot here as well. We also touch on the complex terrain of audience building and how a small investment can significantly elevate your show's visibility. You're not going to want to miss this one. This is a really interesting deep dive. And if we're doing this correctly, some of you may have actually found this episode specifically through the Facebook ads that we're going to be running. As a reminder, if you're enjoying this episode or any of my past episodes, I'd love it if you leave a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. I'd love to read yours out next. So exciting for all the high vibe energy that's been happening the past couple of weeks. Coming off the high, that was podcast movement. I spoke on two panels about storytelling and about sponsorship, which were incredibly well received as well. As always, if you want to follow my personal journey, I highly recommend you sign up to my newsletter, A Life Worth Living at harrydran.com. And remember, these episodes are always chock full of great takeaways. And as a listener, I want you to focus all your energy on this conversation. So rest assured, you can always visit podcastjunkies.com and read the full show notes for each episode, which includes all guest links as well. Okay, before we get into this uninterrupted conversation with Matt, here are a few words from the new folks who support this show. You'll definitely want to listen. With so many companies starting up in the podcasting space, sometimes it's a bit of a challenge to figure out who you can trust and what the company is all about, which is why with my co-founder, Brad Nolan, we've created The Podosphere. Think of it as Yelp for podcasters. The Podosphere features all the companies making moves in the podcasting space. In this comprehensive directory, you'll be able to view the different companies by category, rate your favorites, and connect with them on their socials. As you learn more about your favorite companies, you'll also be able to create your own pod stack which is a feature that lets your fans know all the companies and services that you're currently using to produce your show. For the most comprehensive podcast directory in the galaxy, head on over to thepodosphere.com. If you've been on the fence about getting your podcast started, I have great news for you. My newly updated course, Podcast Blueprint 101, walks you through everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. And best of all, 
listeners of this show will get 50% off. In this course, I'll walk you through everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. In section one, mindset, we'll talk about getting started, the importance of the right mindset, and how to think about continuous improvement for your show. In section two, we lay the groundwork. We talk about planning your show, positioning it, and how to go about creating a quality production. In the growth section, we focus on where and when to publish your show, how to promote it to the right platforms, and as an added bonus, some specifics about how you can profit from your show as well. I've also included a list of tools and services that have been helpful for me in the growth of my show. So again, the URL is podcastblueprint101.com and use promo code PBHD50 to get 50% off exclusively for listeners of the show. Matt Shields, co-founder of Chime House Media. Thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies. Yeah, thanks for having me. Where are you uh, dialing in from? So we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Did you grow up there? No, we actually, my wife and I both grew up in Ohio. It's funny about Charlotte too, because it's a big transplant city. Yeah. It's a laugh because no one's really from here, but <laughs> we grew up in Northeast Ohio and I lived throughout the, that area, the Great Lakes region for a while. And we moved down here just before COVID. Like oh, wow. Before COVID. How was that transition? That was obviously nothing to, so the move was nothing related, nothing to do with COVID. Nope. Yeah. How did your life change two weeks after oh, you moved here? It was great. Yeah. So starting the business was, it was a huge transition, but what led to it was, you know, we both, my wife and I had, my wife, Megan is the other co-founder of Time House yeah. Media and we, it's just the two of us. So we've been doing this since full-time since April of 2020. So like okay. right after the pandemic started, but we both had corporate jobs before that. She worked for in financial services. She was a manager at one of the big financial firms and I was actually in industrial safety. So I was an environmental health I was in environmental health and safety at a chemical plant before <laughs> I did this, but we were in talks with a couple of people and then COVID hit and everyone went on, went on a hiring freeze and we actually got served a Facebook ad hmm. on how to run Facebook ads. So we took <laughs> a course on how to run Facebook ads and it's great because, you know, we started after that and then a couple months after that, Apple came out with this iOS update that pretty much opted everybody out of targeted ads. So it wiped the slate clean for all advertisers on Facebook. So mm. we were able to start from the ground up with everybody else at the same time as everybody else. So it was super helpful. So there was no bad habits to unlearn. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> and it was actually really great too, because it's the thing about Facebook and Instagram is like they're it's an auction website, right? Yeah. And the whole goal of the social media is to especially Facebook and Instagram is to keep you on the platform long as possible so they can show you more advertising. Yeah. But if you were to ask like someone who works at Facebook about ads or about how to help you or anything like that, or you were to field the phone call, if you create a Facebook business account, so yeah. whatever business.facebook.com yeah. and you create a business account and you link it, you'll get a phone call from a Facebook <laughs> ads expert. Yeah. And it's just, there are people in Palo Alto, California who went through a training session, but have never actually managed ads. So we got all of our extra info from people who had been running ads for years. And yeah. we just joined groups of our peers to sort of bounce ideas off each other and iron sharpens iron type of group. And that helped a ton because in the last three years, we've spent well over a million dollars in ad spend through mm -hmm. our clients. And we still get, did you turn it off and turn it back on again? Yeah. Answers, right. Like the basics. Is is. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your mindset because there's folks that obviously have been a lot of obviously podcasters listen to the show and entrepreneurs as well. And I started my journey in 2015 after a couple of starts and stops over the years of my corporate life, you know, dabbling in things and trying harebrained schemes with <laughs> friends before right. finally landing on something that had some legs to it. So yeah. what was your mindset at with your wife about like feeling that this was the next move for you and, you know, you could have taken on another nine to five job? Yeah. So we were spending 10 hours, you know, we worked 10 hour days and leaving when it was dark, getting home when it was dark and just like sort of hated it. The money was fine, but like couldn't just living our life for the weekend got old. So like we started this business and then obviously during quarantine, you couldn't go anywhere anyway. And I didn't have another choice because people went on a hiring freeze. So like we just really jumped into this hard, went full time with it. And 
it was really great because at the end of 2020, I did a math problem and I really thought about it. And I had a hard time adapting to entrepreneurial lifestyle, like really hard. Yeah. So I read a lot of books, do a lot of talking, do a lot of soul searching because without that steady paycheck, things get hairy. But like I'm it's a totally different person now. It's really odd. But the math problem, basically, if you take the 10 hour day, right, and there's 252 work days in American working year and you do the math and then you take out the time you spend sleeping, it's roughly like 157 days a year worth of time. And if you extrapolate that out till the time we retire, I realize that if I keep working for, if we keep working for ourselves and spending the time together, I will have gained 13 whole years of my life back with my wife, which is wow. sobering. <laughs> yeah. So like that's, and there's a million different ways to make money, right? Like it's not like you're stuck in this rut and if this isn't working, you have to stick with this. Like we have several businesses. So we do Airbnb management. We do, we have an arbitrage unit and the stuff like that. I do marketing for podcasters. We do marketing for big agencies that still do project-based stuff. So we didn't really pigeon our, pigeonhole ourselves into one particular niche all that much. We just really like to jump in on projects. So like we've put teams together to jump in on big projects and do big weeks worth of stuff. and we've done a lot of like personal brand building recently, which is really fun because we have to go with the flow of the algorithm or what it's telling us. Right. So we were working with a lot of online coaches and course creators and even like e-commerce people and things like that. But, and you know, we're entrepreneurs ourselves and we understand that like, if you're bootstrapping it and you're not using other people's money and you're trying to do it yourself in like a nice scalable way, it can be difficult to move the needle, especially when you're relying on organic growth. So if you're using social media as part of your business, your organic reach is only, it's 0.98%. Yeah. So that means like if you have a thousand followers, less than nine people are seeing your posts on a daily basis. And that's, mm -hmm. that's just your followers. So. And when you say a stat like that, are you focused mainly on like where you've spent a lot of the time, like what's happening in the Facebook ecosystem or meta ecosystem? Oh yeah. I mean, that's where we've, so we yeah. specialize in Facebook and Instagram ads okay. because keeping up with their algorithms and keeping up with their changes and the targeting options and everything like that is literally like it's full time. Yeah. It's easy to do if you know what you're doing, but it's extremely easy to mess up if you listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Basically. yeah. Like if you just go in there without any context into ads manager, decide to run ads and you listen to all the prompts and there's prompts and tips and stuff that pop up all the time. Sure. From our experience, none of those prompts have ever helped any ad campaign. Well, if you think about it, the prompts are created by Meta and they're going to be for the benefit of Meta to make sure that, you know, you bid the highest price or whatever. So I'm not surprised to hear that right. if you go with the default, you're going to probably end up pouring money down the drain. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it sort of shifted our mindset too, is like, you know, we were working with people. We love working with solo entrepreneurs and people who run their own businesses because it's like kindred spirits. But before, and by before, I mean, literally before this iOS update that Apple messed everything up. Yeah. Okay. They messed everything up for a lot of people because before you could get very granular with targeting, you target very specific things, behavior and interest wise. But under the guise of privacy, they got rid of a lot of tracking. Cookies are no longer existing. They're getting rid of the Facebook Pixel, which is like their tracking software. They're starting to use Conversions API, which is great. There's all kinds of third-party attribution software that you can buy. But if you're just a, you know, if you're an entrepreneur just trying to move the needle a little bit and you don't have a high budget for this, hiring an agency, unless you know how to ask the right questions or know which questions to ask. And if you don't know what you're talking about, you can get screwed over. It's like yeah. taking your car to a mechanic. You know what I mean? Like, if you, <laughs> and then you then get over buying the new car and getting the undercoating sold. To you. Yeah, they charge you $50 <laughs> for blinker fluid. And you're like, oh, neat. Okay. I guess I needed that filled up. But yeah. it's the same thing. So, like, if you hire a big agency, if you just, there are lots of professionals you, you can work with out there that are just solo professionals. But yeah. there's a lot of people that, 
don't know what they're doing, especially on like Upwork and Fiverr and all those yeah. things. There's the good ones, yeah. but you get what you pay for, right? So if you're looking, if you're a you know, sole entrepreneur, you're like, okay, this person only charges $500 a month. Perfect. Yeah. You're going to get that kind of work too. I'm curious. So, I want to dig into the specifics of how this can help podcasters, but yeah. I want to also like highlight how we connected because I thought this is a pretty interesting story because you reached out on LinkedIn and I think it was because I recently been making an effort to reach out to what I call heart-centered entrepreneurs. And yeah. I think, talk to me a little bit about how and why that resonated with you. Well, so our outreach strategy, right, for our business and call it what you want. There's people out there with like, they might have a higher success rate or they might get more volume or something like that. But like, I have no formal sales training. So my whole thing is like, I just want to have a genuine human conversation with somebody. Yeah. And when I saw that, you're like, okay, look, Hey, here's the deal. I'm working on an offer. We've had some success. We've already run the offer. We've already run the tests. We've already run, we already gotten the data, Yeah. but I want to know the perspective of different podcasters because the mm -hmm. podcast we work with, everybody's podcast is different. Everybody's yeah. following is different. Everybody's delivery is different. Your quality might be different. Your social media might be different, all that stuff. So I wanted to get the perspective of different podcasters and podcast producers of the experience of podcasting. Number one, what are the woes? What are the shortcomings? So like what's hard? What is the point of it? First of all, like, why are you doing this? Are mm -hmm. you to sell on the back end? Are you trying to monetize it with just your personality? How are, and then what's being taught on how to move the needle. And so far, basically like, what's being taught is just cross promotion, right? You go on other people's podcasts and things like that. But I saw an opportunity here because we've been doing, you know, audience building as part of strategies for the whole time we've been running ads for people and audience building on the platform is relatively simple and cost effective still because you don't have to send people off of Facebook or Instagram. Right. So talk to me a little bit, because we're going to make sure we define a lot of these things specifically, because there could be people who obviously there's podcasters listening and even myself, I've jumped in there over the years to try to do like the one-off things. And at the beginning, you're just like, Hey, maybe if I boost and you're like, <laughs> obviously we know that's a waste of money. So, right. but like, talk to me a little bit about this concept of audience building. When you say that, like, what does that mean? Okay. So when you are looking at Facebook and Instagram, right? You're the product. Okay. So everything is based on behavioral data. So everything that you interact with on there, everything that you hover over, everything that you watch, everything that you click on consciously or subconsciously is feeds an algorithm. So let's just say for argument's sake, there, these numbers don't mean anything, but like, let's say for argument's sake that each person has 30,000 individual data points that add up to their behavioral matrix. Okay. You and I might have 10,000 of those things in common, but since there's 3 billion with a B people on that platform interacting with different things, if you send an ad out or a piece of sponsored content, that's how I like to look at it because ads are like, look at this shiny thing you don't need. And it's got that negative connotation to it, but sponsored content, literally like if you just make a post and you can put money behind it to a targeted audience, that's sponsored content. And that's what I'm talking about. But let's say you interacted with an ad first, the audience that you would draw based on your data matrix is different than one that I would draw. If I interacted with the ad first, it's literally a butterfly effect of behavioral data. Okay. So because you can't get granular with like targeting any longer. So like you used to be able to do everything from like, you can go through all these data points and behaviors and interests. There's just much more available. There was just much more available to target. So if you had a very specific person, so say you're targeting like healthcare providers, but you wanted female healthcare providers with an income over 400,000 who run their own private practice, who have a degree in whatever, and they live in the Northeast. And you can really, you get the point. You're yeah. really honing in on a specific market. But with the behavioral data now, all that stuff's getting 
taken away. So if you can't get granular with the targeting, the only way to win is if you're two things. If your messaging is perfectly crafted and on point to be able to filter out those people. And this is why podcasts is so exciting. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Or you have to outbid your competition. And your competition is like, if your audience is everyone, so if a podcaster is thinking their their, their podcast is for everybody, yeah. your competition is everybody who's marketing to everybody. And Coca-Cola has more money than you do. So you're not getting the premium spots, right? It's an auction website. It works just like television, slightly different. But like you get it. You're bidding for space on people's news feeds, essentially. There's different placement options or whatever. You can go into that granular. But at the end of the day, you're trying to bid on perfect spots where people can see you. And it's when people interact. So like at the prime time, like on Tuesdays at 11 a.m., you're seeing ads from super high spenders. Okay. Is that a prime time spot? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So between 7 and 9 a.m., between yeah. 11 and 1 p.m., okay. and then 6 to 10 p.m. But you can target these people you can get different placements and doing all those things but it might cost you more the higher the ask does that make sense so if you're selling something on the back end like a two thousand dollar course let's say and people don't know who you are it's really hard to get somebody to go all the way through your sales process and buy from you without knowing who you are yeah that makes a lot of sense because in the podcasting space we talk a lot about this idea of know like and trust and they have to it happens in that order and they have to know who you are then then have to like your content and then over yeah. the course of weeks or years even with a the podcast they begin to trust you and that's why the host red ads are so powerful in podcasting because it's like oh if harry's recommending this service i've been listening to his show for years and i'm gonna listen to him more than if it's just you know somewhat a dynamically inserted ad for example Exactly. And it's also like if your podcast is speaking to a certain demographic of people or a certain group of people, if that's your audience and you're trying to sell like a service on the back end, for instance, if you can put sponsored content out there and get new people into your world, right? You can target these people who are more likely to become your target demographic. A podcast is awesome for condensing the time that it takes to build that no like and trust factor. What I mean by that is if you think about it, if you see a post by someone that you agree with, just the post and you're like, oh, I like that. Yeah. And then you see more of their content, but it's only six second clips. You're like, oh, I like this topic and this topic, but I don't know what this guy's talking about right here. But you don't know if you want to work with that person or trust this person, you need to know more about them. So you go and you binge their content a little bit. But rather than consuming 36 second clips or 30 15 second clips wouldn't you rather or it's an easier ask to listen to a podcast episode where you can put it on your car as you're driving to work and you can listen to them talk for a half an hour and go okay i like this person or i don't yeah it's a much easier way it's a much easier ask because people one people love podcasts and two Again, if you're just having it, especially if it's conversational, or let's say you have like a marketing podcast and you wanted to talk about marketing and the state of marketing as it is, and someone was interested in that topic, it's a really good way to solidify yourself as an expert in the subject because you're talking about it for half an hour. Even better if it's a podcast about marketing for lawyers, for example. Yeah, even better. Yeah. Or a marketing for Trials lawyers, yeah. Divorce lawyers, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So like the further you dig down and get more specific with it, people want to think like, oh, they're talking directly to me. But a podcast is a super way to do that. And the algorithm is set up for it right now perfectly. So if there were tips or suggestions, because I love getting like granular in the weeds with some of this, and obviously the, the, we'll have some more information for listeners if they want to dig deeper with you. But just to give them, I like to give folks some stuff to kind of, dig through or research or even think about differently in terms of how they have their show or structure their show or if there's anything yeah. they can do to refine their show more. When you think about specifically for a podcast and you think about how from your learnings, from everything you've been working on the past three years, with specifically with Facebook and Instagram ads, how would we reverse engineer this? Like if we're thinking as a podcaster who's looking into maybe looking at an ad to grow my listenership, Obviously, one of the concerns is like, you know, how do we get a listener from a Facebook to, that's watching a Facebook ad 
to watching, you know, to my show, you know, are they going to Apple? Are they going to the website? You know, what's, what's that path look like? So since there's that many people on Facebook and Instagram every day, right, you can set up an ad strategy that would get more. Basically, you just want more eyeballs on it and you want more eyeballs of people who are more than likely to like your podcast. Yeah. So you can look into behaviors and interests to target or even job titles to target or different things. You have to go through the targeting options so that you can show people your stuff. But if you can, it's really easy to get someone to just click on an ad to just like it. Sure. Engage with it. And there's strategies that you can set up that if people interact with it, they'll see more of your stuff. And if they really like what you're saying, if they understand what you're saying, if your message resonates with that audience that you're targeting, that's the key point. today. If you're just targeting everybody and the message doesn't resonate with everybody, you're wasting a bit of money. So if you don't have a ton of money and a ton of money, by the way, is a ton of money. So a lot of money to spend on Facebook ads, like you have to have over five grand a month to get like any sort of moving the needle in cold sales, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say even 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And now, but that's assuming that you've taken the time to build up your brand. You have brand recognition. People know who you are. People know your product. You have good reviews. You've set up the time to do all that. But when it comes to podcasting, if you have a good tight show yeah, and your messaging is consistent or you like, if your message is resonating with the people that you target, they're going to want to hear your stuff more. Mm-hmm. So there's ways you can get downloads and things like that, but I don't want people to get hung up on downloads because it's not the only way to get people into your world, right? It's not just downloads. If more people are seeing your stuff, more, yeah. people, more people are seeing that, they're more than likely going to stay in your world. So you can get people on your email list. You yeah. can get people, and that's arguably, that's super important because there's multiple touch points there. You can get downloads, but you can keep chopping up segments of your podcasts, right? If you have a good editor, you have a good producer and you're chopping up sections of your podcast. That's like a relative piece of, you can take a half an hour podcast and cut it into 15 second segments yeah. that are like worth it. You probably get 30 or 40 out of there. I don't know. But yeah. So one of the things I like want to mention there is this happens to be occurring at an interesting point with all the tools around AI. So there's mm-hmm. tools that we're testing internally tools like podium, which will auto generate show notes, super powerful. And we've that's been great. testing that a tool like opus.pro and we'll have links to all these tools in the show notes. Opus is fascinating in terms of dropping a hour long video in there. It generates, I think at the last test we did almost 20 clips and the clips are organized by the AI in a strategic way where it tells you this looks like the best clip that would add the most value and it explains why it gives you the tools in there to make the edits on the text, to edit the video. It'll give you branding colors if you want to add those. And you can even drop in like an overlay of a transparent logo for your show. So if we had been having this conversation, you know, maybe even last year, I would have been like, yeah, "Yeah, that's cool, Matt, but no one's going to be like hiring an editor, video editor, like it's going to be cost prohibitive. And so like, you know, yeah, there's one of those nice to have things for people that have teams, video teams and audio teams. But I'm really liking the fact that then this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because it feels like an influx of things happening Folks like you who are understanding the marketing and advertising ecosystem within Facebook and Instagram in conjunction with actual tools that podcasters, indie podcasters can use who are serious about growing the show. Because if it's a hobby show, you know, have at it. And obviously you can still have your little show for, you know, friends and family. But if you are serious as an indie podcaster, and I think most of the folks that are listening and watching are then it feels like a great time to be seriously considering this because there's so many different ways to grow show, obviously. But as podcasters, we want to look at things that are actually moving the needle. And what I like about this way that this method that you're speaking about is the fact that you can see tangible results and you can mix and match. And obviously, from the little that I've dabbled in these campaigns, you can experiment with the clips and Having a, a slew of clips to choose from now gives you some mix and matching and some like ability to test some of these. Let's swap one of these out, which I imagine is 101 for running these ads. So yes. I just want to remind the listener and the viewer that this is a great opportunity to do this. And we're going to try to structure this out in a way, you know, so that it's really helpful for people. Cause I think a lot of times with these things, it gets, it goes over people's heads. Yeah. They get overwhelmed and they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I know ads and I know you have to have like a, 
you're talking about ad spend, you talk about five thousand, ten thousand, and then you got you factor on a retainer. Some of these companies charge a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars yep. like to do that. So now you're talking about like, you know, on top of that, ten, fifteen thousand right. dollars a month. And like who has that as an indie podcaster? So we want to Who has it, that as yeah. an individual <laughs> business owner, right? Yeah. It's really it's rare, right? And we understand believe me, we understand completely. But this is perfectly set up because if you're remember what I talked about earlier about the ask. Yes. Being difficult. Okay. Asking someone to buy from you is very difficult. So in order to find the person that's going to go all the way through and buy from you the first time they see your content, it's going to be expensive, expensive. And that's where those big ad spends come in, right? Because the more money you pump into that, the more people see your stuff, more often people see your stuff. And the more likely the algorithm is going to find that right person. And once they find that right person, if you've set up your audiences correctly, then you find more of that person. But if you don't have a ton of money, you have to be strategic with it. The audience scrubbing strategy that we employ is super effective for around 10 bucks a day, $300 a month to $500 a month, whatever you have. If you run it yourself, if you're not paying these agency fees, if you're paying somebody a retainer, that gets a little bit more expensive. But if you don't have the time and the energy to do that, you're paying someone for your time, right? Yeah. Your time Opportunity cost. Yeah. What's an hour of your time? Is, yeah. 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 So we, exactly. talk, so we want to make sure we're carefully walking people through these so we don't lose folks. Audience scrubbing. Right. What do you mean when you, when you talk about that? Okay. So you can't just get hung up on just your podcast, right? So when you're building your podcast, you're the face of the, your podcast is the substance behind your brand is everything that you and your company and your podcast, everything that it stands for. It's not just like a logo. It's everything that it stands for. So if you're looking at building personal value and brand awareness, Facebook ads are perfect for that because the more people you get into your world, right? Meaning interacting with your content, which is the substance behind your brand, right? So if you can cut up your podcast into clips, put all those onto social media and then use ads to target people who are more likely to interact with it. You can then retarget those people with more of your content, keep them into your world, keep top of mind, improve your listenership, improve your social footprint. And then eventually you become an expert in whatever niche that you're working in. So let's say that person has a podcast talking to trial lawyers or talking to divorce lawyers. If some other podcaster, right, if you're trying to not only be a podcaster, but be a guest on other people's podcasts and some podcast wants an additional audience of divorce lawyers, guess who they're going to call to be on their podcast. If they can see that you're getting good traction, if you have a good following, if you have you know good listenership and your messaging is on point and consistent, you're going to be the guy to go to. Yeah, I just, it's almost like a light bulb moment there because if you're growing your visibility in this divorce lawyer podcast space and you're starting to experiment with some of these ads, when people search for those terms, and this is how the algorithm works, right? Your content is going to naturally surface because it's content that you paid to show up. And it grows to your point, which is, I just wanted to reiterate it. It grows and shows your visibility and establishes you as a subject matter expert there, because now people are searching for it. They're like, Oh, I'm searching for divorced lawyers and podcasts. I don't know. Harry keeps popping up, yep. he, you know, and then they see the clip and this is important. because It's a value added clip, yes. which originates from a value added show. So when you think about like how everything starts, you, you have to be creating a quality show, quality content. And obviously if it's quality video, well, this is why we use Squadcast. And some folks have a better background than me. I look like I'm in a sauna right now, but that's, (laughs) you can do better than me in terms of backgrounds, but it's important because people are looking at these. And I think they're, I don't think I know they're making these mental calculations at each step of the process. And they're like, who's this guy, Matt? Who's this guy, Harry? I'm like, Oh, the show sounds good. Okay. They care about the show. Oh, they're adding value. Oh, like they seem to care about, you know, who their audience is. So they're, it's really like some of it happens subliminally. You've done it. I've done it. Like we're making value judgments at these little micro levels. It's micro steps along oh, the yeah. way. I could get into it all day with you about the physiological stuff. So let's get into like a little bit of it. Not, you know, I, obviously we don't have time to go super deep, but yeah. I just want to make sure like we're painting the picture about why this is important, but also the, like the background about why this works to yeah. your point from a psychological and yeah. perspective. So 
our attention spans because of the way it's called the, you know, the TikTokification of everything. It's a marketing term now. And it's basically our attention spans have gone from around a minute to six seconds. Wow. Okay. It's what you have five to eight seconds to make your point on an ad. Now, the second thing is when people are scrolling, they get a condition. That's when what's known in the marketing world is banner blindness. So if you have just this polished piece of whatever, of a graphic or anything like that, if it looks like a piece of advertising, people are like, oh, it's an ad. It's an ad. But if you have a piece of video, 80% of people who interact with ads do so because it's a video. And most people interact with ads on mobile. So if you have to find a way to stop the scroll, okay? So there's a reason why like Mr. Beast, our friend Mr. Beast is so good at this because not only are his videos start with his face, right? People will stop the scroll with faces. It's a physiological response. It's a human interaction thing. It's going to go way into psychological, all yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah. but it's physiological response that humans stop at other people's faces. Yeah. Okay. And then bright colors, graphics. A lot of people are watching this stuff when they can't listen to sound. So make sure you have subtitles, all of that stuff. Good graphics good colors, high quality video, right? So everything's in 4k. Now everything looks great. And if it looks like you took it with a potato, sometimes it works, <laughs> but more often than not, yeah. people are looking for the high quality video. It doesn't matter as much unless you're selling like a product, high quality video really, really, really matters. If you're yeah. like a realtor and you're showing at home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But if you just posted this and you have a standard camera, it looks like a human made it and people are like, oh, okay, great. This isn't some weird, polished, like overproduced, crazy show. And what, to be honest, we've had this chat prior to jumping on when we first connected. And this fascinates me so much that I think actually what I'm confident in is the fact that if someone is watching this now, I know we're recording it, so it's just you and I. But if you're the viewer, you're the listener and you're watching this, I would bet that if Matt and I were successful in this little test that we're going to run you came here because of a Facebook ad, which means that it worked. And so, which is fascinating. It gets a little bit inception-y right here because like, yeah, right. you're watching this because of something that's happening in the future that we haven't done yet, that if we plan yeah. it correctly, we'll bring you back here. So it's pretty wild to think about. But this idea of just, again, it almost like circles back with this no like, and trust. And, yeah. and it becomes, you know, we think no like, and trust with the content, but even like the appearance and like, it, as you're speaking, it's causing me to smile more because I want to be more welcoming to the audience because we're going to use some of these clips on Facebook, which is fascinating. Yeah. And it's not just this cut and dry, like guru-esque tactic. No, because right? you can so sniff like, that out. I mean, well, I, I exactly. can see that right away. Yeah. It takes testing, right? So like if people come here, it's because eventually we got the testing correct. When we tested the audience and the messaging resonated, the messaging, the ad resonated with the audience that we were targeting, whatever, but it takes testing. But the good thing about Facebook is if you have a $500 a month ad budget, it's not like they take $500 out of your account and then just spend it as they see fit. You get charged based on thousand impressions, right? So if it takes you $20 to reach a thousand people, you'll get charged $20 every time you reach a thousand people. But if it takes you less, to reach a thousand people, you'll get more out of it. Yeah. Right. So the lower the ask, right, the easier the ask in the scheme of like the sales funnel, or if mm -hmm. you will, right? If we're talking about a sales funnel, like getting people into your world, you're if you view the internet as three billion people standing in a field and you're trying to use a vacuum to get those people into your world. And at the end of that vacuum, it's a big old funnel. At the end of that vacuum, that's where people want to work with you. Okay. Because they know you and they've seen your stuff. They're in your world now. You're trying to draw them into your room, into your world. There's a big old funnel on the end of it. And you have to aim in certain directions. And you have to test where those good quality people are. Otherwise, you're just wasting time and money. But if you know what you're doing as far as testing, and this is very teachable, it's very easy to learn once you get in there. It's not very user-friendly if you try to do it yourself, but if you have someone baby bird you through it, it's really easy to learn and you can be efficient with your testing. So if you are testing certain, by the way, knowing your audience doesn't mean that you can target them. That's important. Say more about that. So a lot of people do have heard of ICA work, ideal client avatar work. 
And if you've done that, if you're a business owner, sometimes people will have you go through this exercise where you literally give your ideal client a name and a backstory. Yeah. So my ideal client is Sharon. Sharon's a a single mother of three who works a job and she's trying to make her nighttime business move so she can spend more time with her kids and do all this stuff. That's great to know your messaging and your branding and your substance. And that's very relevant to podcasting because I've seen this and I, I probably remember doing it early, like that same exact exercise, you know, people who help people with podcasts, you know, that's one of the, some of the guidance that they give people. And it's along that, those same lines. What you were talking about specifically would be for, you know, a company and who's my ideal avatar, but even for a podcaster specifically, like who is my ideal listener? And so it's that exactly. same exact exercise. Yeah. So look at it this way. You know who you're talking to, but finding them on the internet is different. And to that point, if you don't know who you're talking to, that may say something about work you need to do to refine your show specifically, right? Exactly. Because if your podcast is, all right, here's a good rule of thumb. If your podcast is for everybody, that means you, Harry, you have to be the star of the show. Your personal following has to be huge. The reason why like comedians, so like Tom Segura or Burt Kreischer, the reason their podcasts kill is because people like them. The substance of the podcast at that point doesn't matter because it's just a comedian talking about random things. Joe Rogan, okay, from what I've understood, okay, about this entire world, okay, there are certain rules that you have to follow within certain niches. There's two basic types of podcasters and three basic levels of podcasters. He's up over here. Like none of the standard rules of podcasting pertain to Joe Rogan because he has tried random things and just done absolutely off the wall bonker stuff. He'll have a guy talking about mushrooms. By the way, there's a guy named Paul Stamets who was on his. Oh yeah. I love that episode. I love that guy. He's from East (laughs) Palestine. He's from, you know, back by my hometown. Yeah. And he's a mycologist who wants to turn in to watch a guy with mushrooms. 131 million people. Yeah. That's who. Me. Yeah. I'm like, and it's not that Joe Rogan is like particularly funny on every episode. It's not that he's particularly smart on every episode. What he does well is he listens, he asks good questions, and he just he claims it himself that he's not very smart, but he regurgitates things that he's heard from other smart people. So he's intelligent enough to ask the right questions yeah. and be a good interviewer. He's a fantastic interviewer. He's gotten better too because he'll be the first one to admit he wasn't really that, that dialed in. But yeah. you do that many reps, he's had a, over a thousand episodes. You're going to get better. I still don't think he's the best interviewer of all time. No, no. For me, there's a guy, I think his name is Chris Evans, the guy on Hot Ones. Okay. That guy is an elite interviewer. Like, Elite. He asks incredible, well thought out, well researched questions. Yeah, they're eating hot wings and dying the whole time, which is hilarious. The part of it, you tune in half for that, but his yeah. questions are iller. So I'm curious, as a podcast listener, how do you define or what's your criteria for determining whether someone is a good podcast host or podcast interviewer? Well, okay. First of all, you have to look at your competition, right? So just in my market research alone, only 7% of podcasters make it past the 50 episode mark. Yeah. Seven. So if you go, there's 2 million podcasts on Spotify. So if you think that your competition is 2 million people, you're wrong. Your competition is everybody who didn't quit, right? Which is like, it narrows it down a lot because 25% of those podcasts on Spotify, just Spotify alone. Not even iTunes, not all that. Just Spotify, just the research I did. 25% of those people made less than, made two episodes and quit. 65% of them made less than 10. So a good podcast, like a good qualified podcast, if you have a tight show or whatever, if you have a clear message, if you have a clear audience to who you're talking to and they're targetable, but generally like a good fit for something like advertising like ads to move the needle is someone who may are in like that 35 to 50 episode range because that's when a ton of people quit too that's a year's worth of podcasting right and you're like okay what am i doing with this 
Like I haven't. So that's when you need to think about things. And before you quit, I would urge you to test. Like, can I reach the people? Am I just not reaching the right people because I'm not in the right space? Do I, is my branding off? And you can test these different elements of things. So you can test all the different elements of these like sponsored pieces of content. You can test your brand colors. You can test your content. You can test all kinds of stuff like that. But you won't know if you're reliant on organic growth because you're just throwing stuff at the wall to see if it sticks. And that's not a way to do any business. What gets measured gets done, right? So if you can find a way to get into your data and okay, again, there's not a savior out there right now that aggregates podcaster data. You have to go, even if your host website gives you, yeah, this many downloads on each of these yeah, typically it's the podcast host and you know the captivates the blueberries sure. ellipses. They'll give you your download numbers across all your directories, the Spotify's, the Apples. But to your point, there's activity happening. I mean, I have a client that still publishes because of something he has he's working on with a mobile app in real estate, his stuff on SoundCloud, and that's not going to come in through there. And then no. all the growth of what's happening in YouTube is a separate track as well. Right. So there's no one to build a sort of a data dashboard that would be amazing for someone in podcasting to know how many people subscribed on each. Where did those people come from so that you know where to spend your marketing dollars? But if you're spending money on marketing, don't just spend money on a billboard. And it's important from a podcasting perspective. And most of the folks listening, the listener will know that the dirty little secret of podcasting is that you'll get a download metric and it'll show download in your stats. But as a podcast listener myself, I know that just means that the episode got downloaded to my phone. It doesn't mean that I listened to it. Exactly. You know, so there's also, you know, I think circling back to something you said earlier, not relying just on a download metric because that may not tell the whole picture. It may like show a stat to a, an advertiser. It's like, oh, a lot of downloads. But really, is the engagement happening? Are people engaging right, right, right. with you across your all your platforms? That's another thing about Facebook too. So there's, there's a category called video views, right? And you can retarget people. You can build an audience. You can put an ad out there for video views and send it to a targeted audience, probably a targeted audience that you've tested already or a dynamic audience that you've created. So again, this is something you have to teach people to do, but these are perfect. So the more data points you get in a dynamic audience, the tighter the data points get. So the more likely these people are to be your best group. Okay. But if you send an ad out to those people for video views, you can retarget people based on the length of the video that they watch. Okay. It takes zero effort to consume six seconds of a video. But if someone watches 15 minutes of a 30 minute episode that you put out there, they're more likely to like your stuff. Yeah. It makes sense. So this is another way of using these, like these ad strategies to qualify your audience. So this is a lot of information. That's, yeah, bring it through I, a fire. I, I, <laughs> I don't want the listener to get too overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So as we get ready to wrap up, I want to have you outline, if someone was trying to do this or intending to do this for themselves, you know, we obviously want to not feel like there's anything like behind some mysterious curtain here. And this is something you could learn. You've learned it yourself, right? You yep. learned how to do it. So just outline the basics, like literally, if you think about it in steps, you know, we can't deep dive on every single piece of the puzzle, but yeah. just, you know, and I can talk about the things that are in my wheelhouse, start with a great show, right? Start with a great oh, sure. show. And hopefully you've been doing this for a couple of years. If you're doing this already, if yeah. you're at the point where you're trying to grow your show and you're thinking about Facebook ads, I'm assuming you've got everything dialed in. You're using great equipment. You're having great conversations. If it's an interview-based show, you're, so, you're right. engaging with your guests. Your guests are loving you. So that's the stuff that has to be there from the let's beginning. Just, let's just assume that people like that's understood. Yeah, that's understood. Okay. You have so, to have good, but let's assume that you have also spent the time to cut your podcast into usable content. Yeah. And we talked about how to do that earlier with some of yes. these tools. So let's assume that that's going to happen now. So now I've got you, these you pieces. I've got these snippets. I've done my work to review them. They're punchy. They add value. What do I do from there? And again, the 92nd version, obviously, oh, no just, just kind of like through the steps so people can understand and they feel like they have like the basics to get started. Before you even get started, you have to make sure that your Instagram is a creator Instagram and not Good just point. a personal Instagram. Okay. okay. Because you have to be able to connect it to a Facebook business account to be able yeah. to run advertising. Yeah. Your Facebook business account should be attached to your Facebook page. You can have a Facebook business page, which is your podcast page. Yep. It has to be a business page to advertise for it. 
can't advertise personal pages. Okay. Right. That's bar none. Then if you have some sort of offer or a lead magnet or something like that, but that's way down the road. So let's just start with the basics here. You have to get into ads manager via business manager, right? Which is business.facebook.com. Business.facebook.com. Yep. Yes. Don't boost posts. <laughs> it's meant to waste your money. It's meant to get them quick cash injections and people do it all the time. If there's one takeaway from this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, posts. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It sounds counterintuitive, but you don't want easy to read, easy to handle statistics here. You want to get as technical and as deep in the weeds as you can. And I understand that's intimidating, but if you had somebody to show you what was yeah. going on, because a lot of that stuff is just, it's extra. Let's focus on just kind of walking them through the steps. And then, you know, obviously we can tell them what to look at. And even if it is a complicated metric, you know, what should they be looking at? So let's stay You're within the chain here. In the ads. Yeah. So let's stay within the chain here. Let's say so this got, is kind of wizard behind the curtain stuff. Yeah. Oh, so like, just at a high level or what should they have someone help them with? Let's think about that as well. So if I'm getting started, I've got my clip. It's a creator account now. I'm opening up business.facebook.com. I'm ready to submit an ad. Again, if you were doing this, you know, and you had your own show, what are the specific, not even the specifics, what are at a high level? I have to create an ad. I've got to post it and I've got to create an audience, you know, just at a high level people. I want people to hear some of these terms because some of it, you know, they might be hitting for the first time. So if, and when they do work with someone, it's not completely like strangely. Right. So Matt, what, what I think would be helpful is again, we're not going to get too deep in the weeds here, but I just want people to understand, you know, what they should be thinking about when going down this path. Because obviously, if they're listening to this point and they're interested in this concept, so if you had to outline, you know, the, the five things every podcaster would need to create a successful ad on Facebook or Instagram, what would that be? I'm going to lose count, but it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Basically, like thirty thousand foot view. Okay, if you like, again, like we talked about, let's assume all those things are done. You assume you have a tight show already because yeah. otherwise we wouldn't be talking. Let's assume yeah. that you cut it into usable content. Awesome. Okay, yeah. Great. Now you want to start reaching new people with it. Okay. Okay. So like, and Makes sense. again, likes, shares, comments are called engagements. Okay. And those are vanity metrics unless you use them for good. Okay. Unless you use them strategically. So yeah. the first thing you would do is you would go in there and create, you would go into ads manager and you create a custom audience, right? So okay. you create a custom audience based on people who engage with you, based on people who have visited your website, based on people who are on maybe an email list that you already have, anything okay. like that. So custom audience. Got Correct. It. All right. Based on your followers on Instagram, based on your followers on Facebook, any of that. So create custom audiences, and then you want to create lookalike audiences. And lookalike okay. audiences, they should be called behave-alike audiences. So like I spoke before about those 30,000 data points that whatever, arbitrarily an arbitrary amount of data points that make up your, your behavioral matrix online yeah. on there. A lookalike audience finds people who are more likely to perform the action that you have asked them to perform. Got it. Okay. So whatever it is, whether it's purchase, whether it's download, whether it's click on a link, whether it's click on an ad, okay. whether it's click on a post, okay. okay. That custom audience grows the more actions people take. That makes sense. And by grows, it gets tighter. Okay. So the people that don't do that get out of that custom audience as well. And it affects all effects of data. So after you've created your custom audiences, you can start to create your ads. And it just depends on what you want to achieve here. There's six different ad categories that you can pick. And I can't name them right off the top of my head right at the second. But you don't need to worry about a lot of them. One of them is app downloads. You don't need to worry about that. One of them is conversions, which leads to sales. You don't need to worry about that in the beginning. What you need to be worried about is audience building. So you want either brand awareness or some sort of engagement or something like that. And you can create the ad and you can set different parameters at different levels. Okay. So okay. there's ad campaigns, there's ad sets, and there's ads. Each ad campaign can only have one objective. Okay. There's only one ask that you can ask of the audience that you're sending the campaign to. Every ad campaign can have several, many, ad sets. Every ad set can have one audience. Okay. That's it. You can set different parameters. You can set different budgets. You can set different, you know, you can tweak the settings. You can test different things at that level. In each ad set, you can have multiple ads. 
every ad can only have, that's where you set up the content. I guess there's no one thing that an ad can have because you, that the ad is where you test the different elements of your content. So you can either choose to make an ad from scratch. So upload a file from wherever, do your own copy, test headlines, test copy, test different elements of these ads, test different pieces of content. I wouldn't do it all in one ad, but I would separate it out. And you can test all that within the ad, right? So you can set all those different elements or you can create an ad based on an existing post. And you can do that one of two ways, okay? You can either, let's say, well, that's pretty high level. I'll go basic. You can choose an existing post. So if you made an Instagram post to your feed and you want to use that as an awareness campaign, you can go into like choose a post and you can pick that post and you can send it to that target audience. Now, mind you, if you send it out to people that include your followers, right? And those people are already in your world and you're trying to get awareness. They're already aware of you. So be careful that like exclude that audience of people who follow. Okay. Okay. Right. And then you could get, started just getting your name out there and you can set anything from a dollar a day to $200 a day to however much money you got. But again, if you have a $500 a month ad budget, Facebook's not going to take $500 of your money and spend it how they see fit. You can tell it a daily budget or you can tell it a total campaign budget. You want to run ads for a week and you want to spend $300, you can set that parameter. So Matt, obviously there's a lot of moving parts and again, we're going down the weeds here, but I just want to kind of put a pin in that just to let people know, like there's a lot of levers and things to move when doing this and you want to do it in a way that's going to generate the most success. And I know that this is something that you help folks with. And when we first connected, I was really excited because I've gone down the Facebook rabbit hole. I've gotten lost in the Facebook rabbit hole and I wouldn't want to introduce anything to this audience where folks felt overwhelmed. And I think- you know, we're coming at this from the same place of wanting to do good for this community. And obviously, because of what the experiences you've had as an entrepreneur, and I know your heart's in the right place because of what we've chatted. So talk to me a little bit about what you've put together specifically for this audience. Right. So this ad strategy that I'm talking about is basically an audience building, audience scrubbing strategy to basically improve your footprint on social media. Right. And one, so the deal is, (laughs) so If you are trying to grow your audience and test all these things and you're selling something on the back end, great. If you're not currently selling it or you're working on selling it or you're working to growing to that point where you could eventually sell it, you don't want to have to pay somebody a retainer to take care of these ads. So if you have the capacity, right, there's, we have two different strategies, right? So I can either set up this strategy for you and have it run in a way that you're only building an audience, but you're not retargeting them. So you don't need to take care of the ads ever. You're just sending out new people in perpetuity until you need to change them, at which case you can either figure it out to do it yourself eventually, or you can book time with me again and I'll gladly help you. Or if you have the capacity, and this is an if, right? I will teach you how to run your own Facebook ads and take care of them. But more importantly, I'm not going to teach you how to build the whole farm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to teach you how to rebuild a car from scratch. What I'm going to teach you is there's certain things that you need to do that you need to pay attention to and certain things that you don't, you just don't. There's a lot of stuff in there that I don't even need to use as a full-time ads manager. Yeah. There's a lot of ridiculous stuff, but depending on the project, all those tools are there, but you don't need to pay attention to them. I will teach you what to pay attention to, what not to pay attention to how to test and be efficient with your budget and why, why are we doing all of this? Basically just paint the overall picture of what we're trying to achieve. And I can do all that in a day, right? It would be four to six hours. I baby bird you through this. If you don't have four to six hours, we can split it up into sessions. It's not a problem, but it's a one-time price. Yeah. And this is you working directly one-to-one with people. One-to-one. Yeah. I'm not doing group coaching. I'm not doing a whole, like, I'm not charging everybody the same price to not pay attention. to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all one-on-one. So I just personally, like, we're going to work on a course 
for this eventually because some people like to learn like that. Sure, sure. I just personally design it like this because you know I took the course, but courses to do ads are comprehensive and they're about $4,000. And overwhelming for people. Yes. So, yeah. and it's again, just speaking today, you can already people are like, I'm sure. It's like, yeah, it's like drinking through a fire hose. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I yeah. promise you, it's not as complicated as it may seem once you get into it. There's just a lot of technical stuff in the way that you don't need to pay attention to. And I will show you the things that you directly can benefit you. And you'll know what you're doing. You'll know how to be efficient with your money. So two things will happen. One, you can bootstrap this for a bit, move the needle, build yourself an audience that you can retarget. It's 100% trackable and retargetable. Improve your social footprint, do all that, build up your brand, build up your awareness, stay top of mind with people, increase your podcast listeners, increase your audience. And then eventually when you go to hire an agency, even if it's not me, I don't care. Okay. If you know what you're talking about, number one, you'll know what to ask for. So you'll achieve better results. It'll be a better relationship with the agency when you go to, or the professional, whoever you hire, it'll be a better relationship with them. And you won't get screwed over because you don't know what you're saying. Again, a back to the mechanic analogy, yeah. like you're not getting charged $400 for a left-handed sky hook. Right. Like, is this some ridiculous stuff like that? Right. Like, if you know what you're talking about, it's, I want to empower people because you shouldn't have to miss out on this aspect of your marketing that's super efficient because you don't have the money to pay for agency fees. Yeah. So, we're going to have all these links in the show notes. Do you have a specific URL you want to send folks to? Yeah. So, it's www.chimehousemedia.com forward slash podcast. Okay. And we're calling this a VIP day. Basically, it, it's a one day intensive for if, again, if you don't have six hours to spare, which yeah. I understand a lot of people don't, we can split it up into sessions, but it is a one time fee for a, an intensive teaching experience. Right. Okay. And I will teach you everything that I know about this. And you give me for a month of support after that. Yeah. So I think what would be helpful for people is to get them directly to the offer. I'll set up a link. It's podcastjunkies.com forward slash Facebook ads. And it's something brand new that we're doing here because we've never done this before. It'll redirect you to the link to work with Matt for this pretty exciting opportunity, <laughs> which I can't wait to see how this pans out. And obviously, I love this inception quality to it that if people are hearing this or they came here because of the ads, then that's proof that this worked. So Matt, thank you so much. I know we've taken up a lot of your time. I really appreciate you coming on, sharing this. I'm glad that you connected on LinkedIn because this is fascinating how this world of social media works. And if when people are aligned with the same mission, I think it just makes sense. And it doesn't feel, it never felt at all like you were just doing some weird outreach. It wasn't like a <laughs> auto DM type thing. So it was really genuine. And that's why I wanted to tell a little bit of your story. I usually ask two questions at the end of each episode. So I'll do it with you as well. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? Changed my mind about? Yeah. Basically, like everything that is to do with like my business, it's, we can call it recently, but like I've changed so much in the last like two and a half years, just like figuring out being an entrepreneur and going from one mindset to the other. So like just understanding like there's more to life than like a steady paycheck, your work, all these things. There's a million different ways to make money. You have to be adaptable. You have to care about things less than others. So like, I'm just learning what more that I like is not important and what really is. So like, we're finding out more about what we like every day. And that's awesome. like the journey here. What is the most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, okay. So let's do this. For instance, the reason I reached out to you the way that I did LinkedIn has this, you know, a stigma about it that everything like you get a million salesy stuff, whatever. And I'm trying to do like, if I'm reaching out, trying to do research or just have a human conversation, sometimes you have to like act like a child and cheat a little bit to like mm. actually get a real conversation in there. And I yeah. don't know if I did this with you or not, but like I try to formulate my messages in a way that seems like it's coming from a human being. And sometimes you have to mess up for that to happen. Like <laughs> if I say thanks for connecting, but I put like capital T and a capital H, like I wrote Tom Hanks for connecting. 
I did that on purpose because I'm like, I please show that I'm not just like an auto generated thing. Cause I, there's no other way to like, Hey, thanks man. Like I appreciate it. And like some people don't like, like I'm not your man. I'm not your bro. I'm not, (laughs) bro. I'm not doing all that. But like, it's finding that, you know, thing where like, Hey, I'm really a human and I actually just want to have a conversation. I don't want to pitch you this thing, but I am formulating an offer. It's one of these things. Like, I want you to hear this. I don't want you to decide on this right now. I want you to help me formulate this. Like what's your experience? And then like, what's your initial reaction to what I just told you? And what are you skeptical about? What are you hearing? And it's just a really like a human way to do like market research. And I found it to be really helpful and the energy is right. And I like having conversations like this, but like rather than doing some sort of automated, ridiculous setup or like some salesy pitch or some like clickbait BS, I just wanted to have real conversations. And sometimes you have to be human to have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Strange. Thanks so much, Matt, for this conversation. Really jam-packed information, and I'm really excited to kind of work with you and partner to see if we can get some people interested in in helping them grow their shows. We're going to do a little bit of testing on our end as well, and I'm excited to do some of this with you. So thanks again for reaching out, and we'll have all the links in the show notes and expect to hear more from Matt and myself more in the future. I appreciate your time. Oh, thanks a lot. I'd love to be back on as things change, as they inevitably do. So. Sounds good. Be great. Thanks again. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Matt for coming on the show. Always appreciate the bombs that our guests drop, especially when they have subject matter expertise like Matt does around Facebook ads. Expect to see more details about what we're doing here with the strategy we're implementing and we'll be actually running some ads. So it'll be interesting to see if they make their way back here. And if you found this episode because of a Facebook ad, I would love to hear about that as well. Always appreciative of my guest's time. I never take that for granted. I know an hour is valuable time and I'm so grateful they were able to come on and share their journey with you. As a reminder, if you are ready to get your podcast off the ground and don't know where to start, sign up for Podcast Blueprint 101 and use promo code PBHD50 for half off the price. For a complete picture of everything that's happening in the world of podcasting and all the companies making moves, visit thepodosphere.com and create your own pod stack today. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. Visit fullcast.co and click the play button to learn the five pillars of a successful podcast that every business owner needs to know prior to launching. As a reminder, if you enjoyed this show or past episodes, you can show me some love by leaving a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies and I'll be sure to read those out on a future episode. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Visit cedarsoil.com for his full catalog. Tune in next week for a conversation with yet another fascinating podcaster as we dig deep, learn about their show and what makes them tick. Thanks for all you do to support this show across all our socials. I truly appreciate it. Talk to you next week.